Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. I want you to turn to your Bibles. Today is just going to be a summary. Today is a wrap-up of the series that we've been involved in titled Follow Me and talking about discipleship and spiritual maturity. And today I just kind of want to bring it all together and, and finalize it. Uh, now Jim Putnam wrote a book called Disciple Shift. And I want to talk more about that. And uh, he does a great job of articulating very well what we as a church, kind of some shifts we need to make. And that's what I want to get to here in just a moment. So before I actually get there, let's have a little bit of a review session and talk about what we have learned together thus far, okay? Matthew chapter 4, verse number 19. This is a verse of scripture that you probably already have memorized. You remember the verse? Follow me and I will make you, you probably memorized it in the old translation, fishers of men, right? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In the home and it says, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Same principle, same idea, uh, same, same text. But if you remember, we broke that down in three different areas. Can anybody tell me real quickly, what was the first area on follow me? It say what? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the spiritual growth element. I'm talking about this particular verse, Philippians 4, verse number 19. Follow me. Remember, there's three areas of that verse. Follow me is a what decision? Head, head right? It's our head decisions where we just kind of think, I'll consciously, yes, I want to follow Jesus, and we go in that direction. And then he says, I will make you. Question, who? It is the heart, Danny. Good job right there. Who is the one that's making us? It's the Lord, right? A lot of times we want to get in there and make people what we want them to be or the church has a um, set of rules and decorums that you must do. Listen, it's not about that. It's about giving your heart to Christ, okay, and allowing him to mold us in the person that he would have us to be, right? So who's, who's making us? He says, I will make you. It's Jesus, right? So that's the heart. That's where the transformation takes place. It's in the heart. A head decision to follow Jesus and then the heart transformation work of the Holy Spirit in our life and Jesus making us into the person that he wants us to be, which is a Christ follower, which is a disciple, right? Okay, the, the, what's the third part of that? Follow me, head, and I will make you heart, fishers of men or fish for people. What is that? That's the hands, okay? That's the active part. That's where we live out our faith, Okay. It's not enough to come and sit and soak because eventually you'll sour, okay? We must be active in our faith. Everybody say active, okay? Everybody say hands, all right? We must be the hands and the feet of Jesus, okay? We make this head decision to follow Him. The heart is transformed by the Holy Spirit through His Word, through being obedient to the truths that we're already learning. He's making us and, and really conforming us in the person that He wants us to be. And by the way, we are all being likened into the image of who? You know this if you've been in your Bible. Of Christ, right? We're, we're being molded into the image of Christ, into His likeness, if you will. In other words, we're going to start acting like He asked. We're going to react. Everybody say react. react. That's where you're going to mess up, right? Yeah. 
I mean, you're going to lose your temper. Somebody's going to cut you off on the highway. I mean, something's going to, somebody's going to get that job in front of you. Somebody's going to say something about you. And eventually, we're going to react. Now, the real spiritual people, they won't react to the point of actually losing their temper and flying mad and saying something to you. But they'll pout. Everybody say pout. pout. You ever seen the pouting Christian? Right? Right? Hello? That's, that's a bad reaction. Right? We're not to walk around pouting. I'm not going to talk to my brother or sister in Christ today. You know what I feel they did to me? That, that's pathetic, right? Everybody say pathetic. pathetic. Stay with me here, all right? Say amen on me, but I want, I want you to pay attention. Listen, it's a, it's a head decision to follow Christ, right? It's, it's a heart decision when, when we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us in the image of His Son. And then the hands get involved. Now, the hands is carrying out the mission of the Lord Jesus. It's the mission of the church. And by the way, you should know this by now. What is the mission of the church? Make disciples. Okay? To make disciples. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now notice, did, it is, by the way, and that's in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make converts of all nations. Is that what it says? No. Go therefore and clean everybody up on the outside and make everybody dress the way you think they ought to dress and make everybody act the way you think they ought to act and make everybody live in the style of house that you think they should live in. And it goes on and on and on with these rules and regulations, right? That, that's not what Scripture said. That's not what Jesus said, right? He, he, said, he said, all authority is given to me that you go into all the world and, and that you what? You preach the gospel and make what? Disciples of all nations, right? So our mission as a church is that we would go and make disciples. Now, in doing that, we've been talking over the last month and a half. Can everybody see me okay? I feel like I'm buried up here. I can't, but, but I can see you, so if we make eye contact, we're okay. This is a blessing. Man, I just love this. We've got to get some good pictures of this. But anyhow, what a blessing. Where was I? Spiritual maturity, okay? What? Make a disciple. Okay, we've been talking over the past two months or so what that looks like and, and what a disciple looks like. And, and, and what is one of the problems that we've mentioned is in the church, not just Victory Church, but all churches pretty much, is that we have converts. Who said that? Good job, Zach. Boy, these, these boys are paying attention. The problem with so many churches is that the church is filled with converts. It's filled with people who have made a decision to follow Jesus but they're not carrying out the mission. They're not a true Christ follower. They're not living the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and the decision they made has not changed their life at all. They're still caught up in themselves. They're still caught up in their own goals and their own agenda. They're still caught up in their own things, right? And they're really not made the shift to being concerned about making more disciples. Now, there were five areas of spiritual maturity that we talked about over the last... Six or eight weeks. One of the areas, what's number one? What's spiritual? Uh, number one, what? Spiritually dead, right? I mean, that's kind of the pre-conversion, the, the pre-disciple stage. But the, the book of Ephesians said that, that we are spiritually dead, okay? So if you have not trusted Christ as your personal Savior here this morning, I want you to know you are the walking dead, right? You really are. I mean, you're walking around spiritually dead if you have not trusted Christ as your Savior. So that's, that's stage number one. What was, what was stage number two of spiritual maturity? 
the infant stage, okay? In other words, we've, we've just accepted Christ as our Savior. We're babes in Christ. The Bible talks about us being on the milk of God's Word and not on the meat of the Word. And somebody's having to, to spoon feed us and kind of nurture us and take care of us. And, and we're just infants in Christ. Unfortunately, I know the mistake I've made through the years. And, and I feel the mistake that the church as a whole has kind of made there is once someone makes a decision for Christ and becomes a convert, a Christ follower, we kind of rejoice about that, right? I mean, that is a good thing to rejoice about, right? And, but we kind of just move on. And we, and we kind of hope they can find their way, right? That, I, think that's a, I think that's a shift that we need to make in ministry, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment, that we need to be a little bit more intentional about not just celebrating converts, but we've got to move our celebration to when we see them becoming a true Christ follower or a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The work is not over once someone prays the sinner's prayer, right? Really, the work has just begun, right? I mean, they've just started living a Christian life, and they're in that infant stage, and we must help them. What's stage number three that we talked about? The child stage, okay? They're kind of growing up a little bit. They're picking up a little bit of the lingo. They're kind of understanding a few things. They're, they're understanding a little bit more of the Bible. They're kind of growing a little bit in that area. But, but they're still in need of a coach or a parent to come alongside them and help them in making some decisions. What is spiritual area number four that we talked about? The young adult. Now, what is the main thing we talked about was taking place at the young adult stage? There was a... Part of the words up here. There was a shift, okay? There was a shift that, that took place when, when someone left the young child spiritual level and became the, the young adult spiritual level, the shift. Now, what was the shift? Do you remember what it was? The attention now was no longer on me, but it's on others, right? Now I'm more concerned about how others are doing. I'm not so much concerned. Matter of fact, if I made this statement... Okay, And I want you to tell me at what spiritual level I am if I make a statement like this. You know, I just don't think my small group is feeding me anymore spiritually. Oh, hold on a minute. Or, you know, I just don't think this church is, is feeding me anymore spiritually. Or, you know, I just don't think the praise team and praise band are just reaching me anymore spiritually. What stage would you say that person is in? Child stage, Right? Seriously, that's where they are, okay? I mean, they're conscious enough that they realize they need, to, they need to grow spiritually, but they're still at that child stage because the transition hasn't been made. Okay, if we feel like the church may not be doing enough to meet the spiritual needs of the congregation, if I am a young adult and if I am a spiritual parent, spiritually speaking, now I'm going to get in there and I'm going to pour all my financial resources, I'm going to pour my time, I'm going to pour my talents, I'm going to pour everything that I can give into that work so that we can meet the needs of everyone spiritually, right? I'm not going to sit back and... Everybody say pout. That's a child, right? Spiritually speaking. Are you with me? Okay? So the shift at the young adult stage is now I'm more concerned and I'm more focused on others. Now, the fifth stage that we talked about was... What's the last one? A spiritual maturity? Being a spiritual parent. 
Okay? Now what that means is that I am taking the responsibility on myself to disciple someone else and grow them to where they are in, they grow to the area of being a spiritual parent and then they are turning around and discipling someone else. So if someone tells me now, and this is what I always ask them now, I mean it's just kind of a given. If someone says, you know, yeah, I feel like I'm spiritually mature. The next question I'm going to ask, who are you discipling? Well, I kind of just preach at the church. Listen, what I'm doing right now is not discipling. It's preaching. Right? Jesus preached to thousands. But where did he do his discipling? One-on-ones. Yeah, one or two or three. I mean, he had his, he had his three that he dealt with, which was kind of the inner circle. And we see that. And then, and then he had the 12. And, and, and then he had the seven. Remember the 72 that he sent out? You remember that crowd? And, and then it got a little bit larger. And, and the, remember the masses? I mean, but he, he was intentional about pouring his life into a few individuals and growing them so that they in turn could turn around and grow others. Right? That is being a spiritual parent, okay? So you guys did a good job. I'm glad you passed that test because it always reflects the teacher if you can't make 100, and all you guys made 100 today. So give yourself a hand. Congratulations on taking your test, right? Okay, now I want to talk about a few shifts, okay? And this, is, this really, I'm just going to be sharing with you some things. Matter of fact, there's a conference next week that I would like to invite you to. And it may work out pretty good. I don't know how the furlough thing's going with everybody. And I think I got some reports this weekend uh, that they may be calling folks back uh, next week. I don't know how all that's working out in your life. But if you are available, we're going to be casting and over, the, uh, over the Internet uh, this exp- Exponential 2013 Conference. Okay, I'll say more about that at the end. But I-, I invite you to come. It starts Tuesday. It runs through Friday. And it's all going to be on this focused area of disciple shift, okay, of making some shifts. Now, we're going to look at five of those areas real quickly. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on them. But I think it's, I think it's things that we just need to start thinking about, okay? As a believer, as a Christ follower, as a church, as a ministry, I think these are some shifts that we just need to start entertaining in our thought life. And we need to start being intentional about paying attention to, okay? And so I think it's gonna, you're going to see a little bit of a shift that must take place in our own individual lives, but, but more, I guess, collectively as a church, so that we are intentional about raising and making disciples, which is the mission of the Lord, okay? So let me give you shift number one. Jot these down, if you will, please. I want you to get the shifts. Shift number one is from reaching to making, okay? From reaching to making. We must move our church from simply defining ourselves by what we do to what we accomplish, okay? It's not about just reaching people and trying to draw a crowd, but it's about making them into disciples, okay? So we got to start changing what we celebrate and some things that we look at. Jim Putnam says this, and I quote, he says, We need to shift our focus from reaching people with the gospel in an effort to convert them to making disciples, okay? Now, the end goal, what is the end goal? Whenever we think about evangelism and we think about discipleship and we think about sharing the gospel, what is the end goal? Listen, the end goal is not that someone just accepts Christ, right? That's not the ultimate end goal, right? Now, that's a great goal. It's a great starting place. But that is not the end goal. It's not that they simply just accept Christ. It's not that people pray the sinner's prayer. The ultimate end goal for every single one of us, and even our church, is that we make 
disciples. That, that the individual that prays the sinner's prayer, that comes to Christ, that trusts in Jesus as their personal Savior is a great thing. Please don't understand, I am not minimizing that. That is, that is an amazing thing. But I want you to see the emphasis is on the job is not over. Right? We can't just celebrate and say, okay, we've gathered a crowd together and, and these many have accepted Christ and we've baptized them and, and then we just kind of celebrate that. We've got, to, we've got to change our focus to making. Right? Making what? Disciples. Who told us to do that? Jesus did, right? I mean, I'm not telling you anything that's out of the book. We are to be making disciples. So I think there needs to be a shift in our thinking to where we just don't celebrate the fact that we're reaching people, that folks are coming, that, that somebody prays a sinner prayer, and we kind of do it at the, at the mass level, the corporate level of everybody coming together, and we celebrate that. And that's, that's good, but we've got to be a little bit more intentional about making, reaching down and grabbing their hand, just like Dexter's doing his baby boy right there, and nurturing these, these spiritual infants in Christ Jesus and growing them along. We must be intentional about that. And we must come up with a definition of what a a true disciple looks like, right? A a true disciple is not just attending. Matter matter of fact, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But a true disciple is not just one that comes on Sunday morning, right? And if we're not careful, we'll think more. They're disciples of Christ. Well, they may not be, okay? So what does a true disciple, mature disciple looks like? You see, and it's a great illustration today. Dexter is holding Dexter, Jr., right? The little baby boy there. Okay. What are we thinking that he is going to look like when he is a mature adult? Is he going to be able to hold that little baby boy the way he is holding him at the end result of him growing to be a human adult? Is he? No. I remember the day and I even told Tyler sometime back, I remember being in the hospital room and and holding Tyler just like this. Well, today, uh, he's up here leading worship. There's no way I could just hold him just like this, right? Because he's grown, okay? So we have an idea of what a human um, person physically looks like when they are mature. So let me ask you, what does it look like when they are a mature disciple? Okay, we've got to unpack that. We've got to talk about that. What does that mature disciple, Christ follower, look like? It's not just someone that prays a prayer. It's not just someone that's been baptized. Really, it's someone who has grown to be a spiritual parent and they in turn are are turning around and investing in others and making disciples as well. Okay? So that's kind of the ultimate goal. So we've got to have a shift from reaching to making. Shift number two is this. And I'm going to hit these kind of quickly and, and close this thing out. But shift number two is from teaching to modeling. Okay? From teaching... To modeling. And this shift involves transparency. This shift involves genuine discipleship, which is produced and modeled from the top down. Okay? So it's not just that we stand and teach or we stand and preach, but it's that we are modeling and we're coaching and we're very transparent with who we are. Okay? Even pastors. And even deacons and even church leaders and and small group leaders and ministry leaders, we've got to realize that we're all just sinners saved by grace, okay? Right? Are you guys with me? And so what we've got to do, we've got to be very transparent with who we are as a person, with who we are as a Christ follower, right? So that we can communicate that to others. Matter of fact, there may be somebody that may be struggling with some type of, of sin, 
Wouldn't it be great if there was a, a church leader that is kind of a spiritual parent that came down and said, you know what, I struggle with that very same sin. Let's work through this thing together. Okay, let's meet together on a weekly basis. And I'm not meeting so I can hammer you and, and cast judgment on you and condemn you. I'm hammering you because, listen, I need accountability. You need accountability. Let's kind of work through this thing together. Okay, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take some spiritual adults and some spiritual parents to, to take their, their... Hold on now. Hold on. It's going to take them taking off their holier-than-thou garments. Right? This, I've got everything all figured out. My life is just perfect and, and be like me. Right? I mean, it's going to take them putting all that stuff down and being completely transparent and sharing with you, listen, yes, I struggle there as well. Okay? So we've got to get to the modeling, not just the stand on the platform or sit up in the high seat and just preach down. Now, there's got to be preaching. There's got to be teaching. I understand that. But I'm talking about making the end result. There needs to be the modeling of that. So there's a shift that needs to take place with this teaching. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 through 13, listen to what the, the role of a pastor is. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Okay? I believe that last reference is a, is a dual office. You need, to be, you need to be a pastor. You need to shepherd the flock. You also need to teach the flock. But why are we being this shepherd and this teacher? Look what the Bible says. For the training, in verse 12, Ephesians 4, 12, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Another translation, the one I memorized it in, says equipping. Listen, our job is that we would be equipping the saint, right? My job primarily is that I can help equip you to be the person that Jesus wants you to be. Not just stand up here and, and, and teach, that's part of it, but then I need to be having some relationships with the people and walking them through life and helping them. And we all need to be doing that at every level within our ministry. It's a player coach who equips. And that's kind of where we need to be. You know what? I really try to, and this is something I, as of, of the last couple of years, I've really tried to focus on this. I want to be the Michael Jordan of Victory Church. Now, before you start saying anything, let me, let me show you the aspect of Michael Jordan I'm talking about. And to me, I think he's been the greatest basketball player that's ever got on the court, okay? I really think he was. The main reason I think that is because he's from North Carolina, okay? <laughs> that's my home state. But, but anyhow, no, the, but here's what I'm talking about. You know what Michael Jordan did that I love? He made everybody else around him better. Right? He was a player coach. Okay? When he took the court, he was not only concerned about his game. Listen, he was working on his game and he had game. Right? I mean, who could reach that level? No, I mean, he's, a, he's in a league all by himself. But what he was more concerned about was bringing everybody else along in their skills and their talents and their abilities. You know what's wrong? Can I just say this? I'm kind of getting away from my sermon here a little bit. But you know what's wrong in America today in our sports world? It's all about me. Listen, we need less LeBron James in the world today. And he may be a guy, I don't know who he is personally, but I'm talking about his sports character. It's all about me. The king has stepped on the court. Right? Listen, it's not all about... I like the, I like the Michael Jordan mentality. Okay? What is that? Listen, do you realize there would really be no Scottie Pippen if it wasn't a Michael Jordan? You, you probably wouldn't even know that name had there not been a Michael Jordan. What did he do? He made those around him better. 
right? And he did it with the whole team. And, and they'll all tell you he did. He, he brought us up to a higher level. Listen, that should be the goal of every single one of us. That's that modeling, that, that pastor coaching, that teacher coaching, where we just kind of get down there and live life and help folks become the disciple that God wants them to be. Is that making sense? There needs to be a shift in that area. Number three, from attending to participating. Shift number three needs to be from just attending, the mindset of attending to participating. You see, the shift, I believe, is a mindset from discipleship is a program, okay? A lot of times that's what we think about. Discipleship is something we do on Wednesday night and maybe in small group and, and maybe on Sunday morning. We just come to an event, okay? We attend a small group or we attend a Victory Bible Institute class, and we kind of think that's discipleship. Well, it is to an nth degree, but I think it needs to go further. There needs to be the teaching. I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm saying that there needs to be the shift from just attending a discipleship program or a discipleship class to participating in the discipleship and what the church does and what you do and how we live out our life. You see, it's the hands part of being a Christ follower, okay? We're not just attending something. We're in there participating. We're, we're involved. We're, we're working together. We're holding each other accountable. We're modeling our life. And, I mean, we're in there just working together and participating. It's not something we do in a class or a program talking about discipleship. It's something every single one of us does Monday through Sunday or Sunday through Saturday. Every single day of the week, we're living out this Christian life not just showing up for a class. Shift number four is from connecting to transforming. Now, understand this one. This shift is a call for all of us to change our paradigm from just an activity-based ministry to a relationship-based ministry. And we must be conscious that we create environments where folks can build relationships one with another. It's not just coming to a class and getting information. Okay? It's coming to a to a church, to a ministry, to other Christ followers, and moving beyond just connecting on the surface level. And so many of us do that, right? And I realize we can't go deeper with everybody, but there needs to be some folks that we're going a lot deeper with. And we're building these relational, these relationships with other believers and we're helping them grow. So the shift from just connecting to true transforming, to really getting down there and living life together, to understanding where you are and where I am, and we're kind of holding each other accountable. We're, man, it's where iron is sharpening iron type philosophy, if you will. That transforming part. A lot of folks think, boy, if I just come to church, I can be transformed. Well, you can, you can start the process, but it's going to take a little bit more work than that, right? It's going to take you being held accountable by another believer or another Christ follower and and just not just connecting on the surface, but the transforming into deeper relationships. Number five is this one, from attracting to deploying. Man, I like this. You think about our military community, and we have a lot of men, women in the military that are deployed from time to time. In other words, they are sent out, okay, from their home base to serve. I think that's the ultimate goal for discipleship. Matter of fact, there was a day when a cry around here when we rang it out all the time was bring them in, build them up, send them out. You guys remember that? You know, someone, someone once said, and I can't remember who said this. I read it somewhere. It's not my original thought. But said the church needs to be like an airport. Do you realize that everybody that goes to the airport is going somewhere? 
right? No one goes to the airport just to visit the airport, right? No one goes to the airport just to go shopping. Everything is more expensive in the airport than it is out somewhere, right? I mean, you're a captive audience when you're there behind security and out at the gates, okay? So the point of going to the airport is that I am intentionally going somewhere. And I think the mindset of Victory Church needs to be that, listen, we're not just simply trying to have something we attract people to. Yes, we want to attract folks so we can share the gospel and we can come alongside them and we can grow and make disciples. But the ultimate goal is that we are sending out an army of disciples that is going out to make disciples. Right? I don't know if that went over very well. Did you get what I said? We're, we're growing together. We're making disciples at the church so we can grow them to deploy them and send them out. What does that look like? That means I'm going to my job with a whole new paradigm. Okay? I'm going on the job as, and I realize that's my ministry. Okay? That's where I'm going to, uh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to model. Listen, people say, well, I can't talk about Jesus. You don't have to talk about it. Live it. Yeah. Amen. You know, I can't say anything about Jesus on the job. That's okay. You, a lot of times you don't even have to. It's how you act. It's how you react. It's how you carry yourself. It's the smile on your face. It's, it's the way that you handle stress it's, and all of these things. And, and eventually somebody's going to say, I'm not talking about if you're in an environment on a job where you can't share the gospel. And I realize there's climates like that and environments like that. But you start living it and somebody's going to say, why are, you, why are you not all stressed out? Did you not just see what happened in the boardroom today or, or in our meeting today? And, and then there's your opportunity to just start sharing. But the thing is, it's not just coming to church. It's leaving here to go out into our communities, our circles of influence, and sharing the gospel and making disciples. Okay? So that's a shift that we need to make. Let me share with you kind of the last thing and I'm done. Let me ask you this question. Are you living out Jesus' mission? I mean, seriously. Are we intentionally living out the mission that Jesus has commanded us to carry that out? Are we carrying that out on a daily basis? Or are we just kind of just going through the motions? Or, or maybe our intentions are very well. We just don't know what to do next. That's where we want to start making some changes. Let me ask you, have you made a disciple? Are you discipling someone? Is there someone you're pouring your life into? If no, then the only bad news there is that you're just not a spiritual parent. But hopefully you're a spiritual young adult. Is life all about you or are you more focused about others? Well, if it's all about you, you're a spiritual child. Now, that's not a bad thing, okay? We're going to have people at every level. I don't want you to think one is bad and one is good. There's different spiritual levels for everyone. Understand? As folks are accepting Christ, obviously they're going to be at each level. But we've got to be able to identify the spiritual level, come alongside, be a coach, model, and help grow people in the area that they become a spiritual parent and can be a true Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the goal, okay? Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for our time together. And, and Lord, I pray that we would all take seriously the, the idea of becoming a true Disciple, and that we grow to the area of being a spiritual parent where we are concerned about other people and we're pouring our life into others and we're helping them grow to be a spiritual parent and we're modeling our life. We're being transparent with even our failures and our shortcomings and we're living life together and we're growing in the body of Christ. And God, help us, Lord, to do that. 
Some of these shifts we've talked about I know are kind of new to all of our way of thinking and I just kind of want to plant the seed today and get an idea of some things that possibly we need to entertain and look at. And I pray, God, that some conversation would start, would evolve out of this today. Bless every single one that's here. If there's one that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray today that they would accept you as their personal Lord and Savior and trust you, Jesus, as their Lord. And Father, I pray for the Christian that may be discouraged. You'd encourage that one. Bless every family that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.